You are listening to All Things Cosmic, Philosophy, Science, Art, an extension of the Center for Process Studies, the podcast for the people, pursuing the common good. I'm your host, John Ivan Gill, along with Andrew Davis. Open the door, come on in, and enjoy some great conversation. Greetings to you all. This is John Ivan Gill, Cross Community Coordinator at the Center for Process Studies. It's good to be here with you today. Um, happy Monday to you. I know sometimes Mondays are hard to get yourself in tune for, but you're up, you're about, and you're doing what you have to do. Or you might be resting today because maybe you had like a four-day weekend. I don't know. But whatever you're doing, you're becoming. And we're really, really glad about that. Well, yeah. Um, thanks for joining us on this season two journey. Season two has been really bomb so far. Um, shout out to Zane One from the Tunnel Rats crew who hit us last episode with her new project that's what she said and gave us uh, extensive history on the tunnel rats from her perspective which was really really dope so yeah um to keep it moving we got a really powerful episode for y'all today but before we do that a few announcements i want to get you in tune with um really excited about this one um we have what i call an intersection which is a conjunction and consideration of two entities that some people don't think go together. Well, in this intersection, we got Armand Hammer, the underground hip hop duo of Elucid and Billy Woods and philosopher of religion, DZ Phillips. So we're gonna be looking at both of their work in conjunction. So this starts on June 3rd from 12.30 to 1.30 PDT on Zoom. If you go to the Center for Process Studies website, CTR, the number four, process.org, and look under the events portion of the site, you will see a link to um, the conversation. So there's a Zoom link there and you can just jump in. So make sure if you're an Armand Hammer fan or a DZ Phillips fan or you like both of them or you want to learn about both of them in conversation and community, then let's talk. Um, once again, 1230 to 130 PDT starting June 3rd, ending July 15th. Be there. Don't miss it. Also, if you want to write at the intersection of theology, broadly defined, art broadly defined and justice broadly defined then make sure you check out our publication series that Khaled Keith Perry and myself call Novel Adventures if you go to the Center for Process Studies site and look under publications and scroll down you will see a blurb about Novel Adventures and it gives you information on how to submit a proposal but I'll tell you really quickly after you've read that information, you can just go to Novel Adventures Proposals at centerforprocess.org and send us the proposal. Um, and we look forward to getting that work out. So more on that soon. But if you're interested, please send your proposals over. So, yeah. And 
With that being said, that brings us to today's episode. Drum roll. If you didn't hear the drum roll, imagine the drum roll, because this is something that we definitely need to anticipate. On this episode, we have the one and only Sequoia Hayes, who is a good friend of mine. We go way back, and you'll hear a bit about that. Um, Sequoia Hayes is a social worker, yoga instructor, community organizer, as well as a visual artist. And her expertise is combining all of those in ways that contribute to the common good. So I really want you to hear the ways in which Sequoia does that. Um, And she'll get into her background, where she is currently, what she's doing currently, and how what she's doing contributes to a better world. So you'll hear about Afrofuturism, you'll hear about yoga, you will hear about her work at the Anchorage Museum where she is currently an artist in residence and much more. So I look forward to you engaging in that and you hearing what she has to offer you and what she has to offer the world. Very, very inspiring stuff. But before we do that, we have a music feature from The Thought featuring Zen Soul. Zen Soul will be live at my release party for my edited volume toward Afro-Diasporic and Afro-Futurist Philosophies of Religion, which is going to be at a little gallery in San Bernardino, June 18th from 7 to 11, featuring Zane One, The Word Man, and Crystal Radio, which is myself, and Phantom Threat with vendors hosted by Sandria Wrights, all that good stuff. Um, but anyway, the thought really gave a excellent soundscape within which Zen Soul did their thing as well. But it's a fantastic song it's called The Sons of Jerusalem, produced by Willie B. So hear these MCs do their thing. And then we'll get into Sequoia Hayes. Take it away. Let me pitch a couple plans and if y'all still hate where I'm standing, you can ditch the 
planet underground without the man mission I ain't bland, I just say granted I don't mean to be demanded, but I mean it without padding That is tragic, my position I don't need a hundred grand, I just need a hundred fans All I'm asking if you can, is please sit down and listen Sons of Jerusalem, those who think they above, let's go Medusa them. Juba the damage of blowing out a Buddha lung. You got a booty going at you, better move your tongue. They just want the cool to run, shooting what they do for fun. Cover up the truth and mud, no one really knew the flood. Run your customs through customs, cause what you're accustomed to is nothing but a dungeon. Uh, forgive me for my lateness yeah. Thought it was some latency until I got impatient yeah. Stepped outside of comfort zones with boundaries estrangement yeah. A stranger like the doctor, I've adopted what was taken That nickel and gold plated, simple and mosaic Got diagrams fit for the dome and stone ages I've been humble as a boat with a huddle in a pose By the hundreds who were hunting, now hunting the frontal lobe Man, we been got this squad, running more than Nimrod Triple-headed canine, cerebellum, Kim Dog, Kim Jong, ill slip get Body like Ben Laden, this be the end times, loving Death on a deadline. Yeah. Jump to conclusions like all of America. Making money is more important than your own character. All I want for my next birthday is an apology. Whatever happened, I honestly be in the best policy. Can I blow love or download time with technology? Can't pass go, damn, this gotta be monopoly. It takes courage to be real and authentic. Everything you heard from me, I said it and I meant it. A young Jet Lee, I'm deadly just like the Dead Sea. Girl lost over the edge is where it sends me. It's important to learn after losing a fight. It's not yeah. about proving them wrong, it's about proving you right yeah. Sons of Jerusalem, those who think they above, let's go Medusa them Juba the damage of blowing out a Buddha lung You got a booty going at you, better move your tongue They just want the cool to run, shooting what they do for fun Cover up the truth and mud, no one really knew the flood Customs through customs, cause what you're accustomed to is nothing but a dungeon A pin drops, death notes, kept in escrow The city never slept when society bled slow If pity never wept when the diary said so Then any given threat turns pest to pesto It's not a test, bro, beware when you tell lies The medium through which we may discern dispels why Inhale L's for L, unveil the twelve tribes Cool as LL with the gang of Seville's Derived consonants, he continent tried No getting through to one making use of the sun like hermetic medics Jerusalem, uh, yeah, no yeah. getting through the one making use of the sun like hermetic medics. Jerusalem, well, yeah, oh my goodness, rolling around with Miss Starlin, that was that was life. That was it life. was, you know, and I, I'm not, you know, uh, in community with them um, as much anymore. I think, you know, Tracy and I are like friends on Facebook or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I. I think about just that foundation of being around good people, you know, who our values aligned and, you know, just me being welcome into, you know, you all's group, family, community, right? You know, because I didn't, I didn't go to, um, to the school that y'all did. Yeah, 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 you know. Um, but I I even think about like I'm I'm getting into podcasting now, you know, but I think about like Miss Starling was the like I remember going to a radio station with Miss Starling and yes. you know, just I don't even remember. I can't say like it was like an internship or an apprenticeship or anything like that, but just mm -hmm. being around like in the studio space and like 
learning, you know, like how, how you're supposed to navigate spaces like that. You know, I like my mind goes to that experience for sure. The bars, bars. (laughs) Because like, because like, yeah. Because that was like the first time I want to say I'd ever been in a radio studio. Absolutely. Never been in that before, you know, and that it it encouraged me to go look for college radio stations where I could kind of do more what I was doing, you know, but it sparked. It was it was there. Yeah, it really was. And she just let let, let us talk and just get on and just express how we were feeling. And people call in. I mean, want to be heard what it was called, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That. um. I, I, yeah, just those experiences, you know, and I, I think I think about it too in relation to, you know, my nephew and the opportunities he, he has that are similar or things that I would love or dream for him, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm grateful for those times. I'm so grateful for those times. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I think about it often. Like, you know, I do. I do. It's beautiful. It's definitely beautiful stuff. Well, welcome to all things Cosmic Sequoia. Like, like the listeners jumped in on the conversation that they they, they didn't didn't, didn't even know what was going on. But shout shout to Miss Starlin, who actually brought us in communication. So welcome to all things Cosmic Mm -hmm. Sequoia. Very, very glad you're on here with us. Thank you for having me. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) So tell me, where are you currently? We're going to start there, then go back. <laughs> yeah, that that is an amazing question um, because I definitely feel like Carmelita San Diego a lot of the times. Like I'm usually kind of bouncing back and forth. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm in Anchorage, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very and I go back and forth um, from here in Chicago um to care gift for my mom okay okay mm-hmm. excellent excellent and how do you like alaska yeah so alaska is you know a really beautiful place it's been a very healing um kind of opportunity for me so i moved here from denver colorado about two and a half years ago mm-hmm. um and I, I got an opportunity to come out and help build a program in a rural um, kind of area on this island called Dillingham. So I lived um, on a small island called Dillingham um, mm-hmm. when I first got here. And um, one of my previous supervisors, uh, when I first graduated from my master's program, was out there running a a recovery program. And so he called me up about two and a half years ago and was like, listen, what are you doing? I have this program. I have um, some um, participants here who have experienced sexual assault and are, you know, navigating recovery and sobriety. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have time to come out here and help me build a program? And so I was like, you actually caught me at a really good point in nice. my life. I'm ready to get out of Colorado. Um, and so, yeah, I sold all my stuff, packed up the things that I had and could, you know, ship in boxes, well, mail in boxes and then, mm-hmm. you know, um, bring on a plane or whatever and came out here And, um, you know, I always get asked about how I got out here. So my 
growing up, um, I heard about Alaska all the time. Um, my father lived on a small island here called Kodiak a few years before my sister and I came along. So I grew up hearing about, you know, um, bears and ice fishing and, you know, his love for Alaska and the mountains, you know, and just the landscape. And so when I got that call to, you know, come out here, um, it wasn't too far off of a possibility for me. So, yeah, I was like, sure. And so that I did that opportunity, decided that um, I wasn't ready to leave Alaska, but I was I didn't think that um, living in Dillingham, you know, was a, a good idea to continue. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I called up another friend that I went to, through my master's program with that I knew lived here in Anchorage. And she was like, yeah, come to Anchorage, like, see how let's see how it goes. And so, yeah, I've been here ever since. Nice. Very, very cool. And you're and what and what you're doing there is super dope. Tell us a bit about that. Then um then I want to go back to how you got to where you are now. But tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Okay. Yeah. So I am a business owner. Um, I have my own business, Red Linen Moon Wellness and Consulting. Um, and I wear a few different hats. Um, so I I'm a wellness practitioner, so I cultivate and create wellness spaces for folks usually related to like therapy spaces or um, kind of around the, the yoga realm. So I do um, different like yoga practices. Mm -hmm. um, I'm an artist um, and I also do some consulting work related to diversity, equity and inclusion. Um, so I help organizations related to culture shifting um, and kind of looking at power dynamics. So those are kind of the three buckets that I usually navigate um, here. And um, yeah, like that's, that keeps me pretty busy. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying, especially just my artist identity. Um, it's something that has been, you know, I put it on a shelf for a while. Um, but I would say, you know, the panini, the pandemic has has helped to uh, really reground and center in the things that bring me joy and the things that I know are healing and also that connect me to my ancestors. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I since I've been here, I've been kind of hopping back and forth between those three buckets. Nice. Nice. Those are those are three buckets of hobbies when you're for real. Like, you know, I mean, talk about <laughs> intersectionality, you know, you know, just just in doing that work, you are doing that work like that's super dope. Thank you. So, hmm. So tell us the story about how you get to these buckets. Like, give us give us Sequoia Hayes narrative on how you do the work you're doing now. And then we can kind of explore a bit more. Yeah, I I appreciate that question. Um, so I I would say, you know, um, how I kind of hop back and forth between those three buckets. I have been a social worker, you know, for the majority of my kind of professional existence, if you will. You know, I've worked in community spaces um, all of my life. That is definitely like rooted in, you know, um, 
not only just my love for community and my dedication to being of service, but that's, you know, a value that I grew up with in my household. Um, and so learn that and practice that, you know, from seeing my mother be of service to the elders on our block on 87th Street, you know, and um, that has just been something that's been, like I said, just a part of you know, the work that I've done pretty consistently. Um, so with social work, I have worked in a number of different capacities in the community. Um, so I've worked, you know, in community mental health. I've worked with um, youth, families, individuals that have been system involved. So folks that have navigated like child welfare, foster care, juvenile justice, the criminal legal systems. Um, and so those experiences and working in predominantly nonprofit settings have helped me to develop an expertise related to power dynamics, nonprofit organizations. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of the, the consulting, well, not kind of, that is, that's the consulting work, um, you know, that I do now uh, by helping, you know, nonprofit leaders, leadership, not only with their own, like navigating their own um, healing and wellness, but then also, um, really figuring out how to uh, dismantle and acknowledge, acknowledge and dismantle um, power dynamics, white supremacy, you know, and how those things impact people of color, especially, you know, within uh, nonprofits. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. So given all of that, um, and my experiences with, you know, wellness and nonprofits and things like that, that brings me to the bucket of, you know, um, cultivating spaces, being a yoga practitioner. Um, and so, yeah, those, that kind of area has helped with specifically, um, you know, working with um, PLC leaders and nonprofits. Um, you know, I am a big, uh, advocate for, you know, um, when you're working with people of color and in any intersections of their identity, right? So whether they identify as, you know, LGBTQIA plus or as a woman or, you know, um, as someone who is differently able, right? Like whatever kind of intersection it is, um, wellness and healing is really rooted in uh, indigenous, ancestral, culturally rooted practices, you know, as opposed to like um, Western, uh, predominantly white, like perspectives on how people of color are supposed to heal. So mm -hmm. yoga, you know, has been um, one of the cornerstones um, as an intervention um, and really uh, the practice of rest, you know, and sacred rest and taking the time, you know, that we need while also acknowledging the ways that we as people of color can perpetuate uh, some of these dynamics, you know, that we experience um, from the dominant culture. Mm -hmm. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, art. <laughs> Last but not least, kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, art, 
art has been, um, you know, and it's it's really amazing to be in this place. And and when I say in this place, just like regrounding myself in this part of my identity. So when we knew each other, you know, back in the community, uh, I was really heavily involved in um, creativity, creative expression. And so my junior year of high school, um, I was given the opportunity to be a part of an advanced art class at my high school, which is High Park High School on the South Side, you know, of Chicago. Um, and this advanced art class was called Museology. And it was a partnership between um, different uh, Chicago public high schools and the Museum of Contemporary Art. And so at my school, it allowed me to have an extended art class where, you know, um, and if I remember correctly, like our art classes might have been like maybe 45 minutes, an hour and a half. But mm -hmm. then with this theology class, I was able to be in um, art classes for like an additional 45 minutes or hour and a half, like whatever, you know, whatever the time was. Yeah. So we had that additional time. But then also um, we were given the opportunity to work at the Museum of Contemporary Art on Saturdays. Um, and we would uh, we basically apprenticed with an artist in residence at the museum who um, was instructed to teach, you know, um, a course on Saturdays for the museum patrons. They could drop their kiddos off at, you know, a course, a class right. while they kind of roamed around, you know, and hung out at the museum. And um, yeah, like that mm -hmm. opportunity is where I learned classroom management. It's where I learned, you know, um, different practices and styles from the artists and residents that was there. Um, at the end of the school year, we were able to um, produce an art piece. So I've had two exhibitions at the Museum of Contemporary Art. Um, and so did that my junior and senior year. And then um, my first year of college, I went to Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia, mm -hmm. and was only there for a year. Um, I didn't really understand. I didn't know how to navigate art school. Being a Black, you know, um, student, I didn't understand, like, how to access resources, how to be in that space. And I didn't really feel supported. Mm -hmm. um and so after a year i left and um yeah like through the years have always done some type of work uh adjacent or parallel to the art world so like i've um a few years ago i was a part of a group of black therapists predominantly social workers who uh provided mental health spaces uh, in conjunction with some artists out of the School of the Art Institute in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And this was a partnership between the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, uh, Black Lives Matter Chicago, and this group that I was involved with. Um, and we, we were called like Black Lives Matter Communal Healing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, like every, I don't remember if it was every other week, every week, 
on the west side of the city, we would do these art spaces where there would be one artist and then one mental health professional. And we would facilitate, you know, um, wellness spaces that had a creative component to it. Yeah. Um, so different things like that, you know, um, I even going back a little bit further, uh, when I was in grad school, I um, had the opportunity to go to Cape Town, South Africa. And um, while I was there, I worked at a domestic violence shelter and had the opportunity to facilitate a creative expression group with some of the women that were there in the shelter. And so we did uh, kind of self-esteem, self-identity collages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, when I say like adjacent parallel, you know, just these opportunities where mental health, wellness have been in conjunction with some type of artistic, creative expression, um, type of project or whatever. And so, yeah, like 20, 21 years later, here I am, you know, um, working with a museum here in Anchorage, you know, um, just being more rooted and grounded in my artistic identity again. And so, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's super dope. That is super dope. Cause I think what's, what's coming out here. Is and and I kind of always say this nowadays. Well, you know, sometimes we're taught to think of things as well. This is this, and that is that. But we don't think about this as that, you know. And I think what what you've been lifting up here was well, social work is yoga. Yoga is art, and these things don't have to have these compartments we give them, but they 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 intersect and they intersect as I sometimes say, I in any art, not I in T art. So, you know, but yeah, I think, yeah, it's like, well, you, you always, you, you, you were doing art when you were doing social work, I would say, you know, and when you're doing yoga and, you know, and, but now you're really, you're, you're in this art, this space that some would say is namely aesthetic. How, how does that feel to be doing this sort of work in that realm right now? Yeah, I, I, I want to acknowledge that reflection and, and, you know, everything that you see, it resonates, you know, I completely agree, you know, um, that there is no separation, right? Um, the energy is definitely all connected. It's all, you know, even if it's a different kind of space, the intention and the value, you know, is absolutely what connects it. So thank you for that reflection. I greatly appreciate that. Um, and yeah, I, it's a very like spiritual, uh, experience for me, you know, like I know, so my father passed away a few years ago, but you know, me being here and doing this work that I'm doing and, you know, leaning all the way into my art, I know that he's here with me, you know, like I feel that I know that he is you know, uh, supporting me. I know that my other ancestors are, you know, protecting me and, you know, again, just supporting me. And so, you know, when I think about uh, just where I'm at now and the things that I would love to do and create and, you know, offer, you know, to others, yeah, it's it's just a very spiritual, um, I don't know, kind of thing for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's a really a good point because when we're when we're dealing with art, sometimes you know, and this sort of transcends even how you and I met because when when mm -hmm. when you and I met, there were certain theological presuppositions that Miss Starling and company and myself at the time kind of went kind of went with, and even when one things beyond those when it comes to the aesthetic world it's like well there are things i can't necessarily say are logic but they exist and art just does that and art gives you that and art gives you you know that sense of reality which you're saying like you know with your with, with with your ancestors with um there's something about it that just brings you into that so that's yeah it's super it's super dope you know when you when you do that kind of work and how and how and how art grounds you to the world you know and just yeah. yeah yeah I you know I think um especially just given uh all of the the recent news that we're experiencing and you know these things kind of ebb and flow right like whenever folks might be listening to this you know it's definitely grounded in uh um date and place but then also not really right because unfortunately right. that's just kind of the society that we live in like the news can mean really anything and everything at any point you know mm -hmm. now and so um when i think about the art that you know i'm rooted in and grounded in and uh just the mediums that i use also the intention behind them and the message is really about um, you know, acknowledging the chaos, acknowledging the ebbs and the flows, but then also embodying this sense of, you know, knowing that you have everything that you need, um, whatever kind of comes your way, you're going to deal with it. You're going to be okay. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be challenging. It might be challenging, but you have support systems. Right. Um, and also there are lessons feel uh, like they have the word lessons right now feels like it has hard edges around it. But, you know, there's always something that you can take with you from those moments. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I've been reading a lot of. Um the on the on the Tao Te Ching recently, you know, that's kind of my meditation. And that's and that, that's my daily thing I do. And a lot, a lot of what you're saying is so it so resonates with that, you know, is that well, look, shit happens, you know, yeah. and 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 shit's gonna happen, you know, and how do we not not necessarily accept the world as it is, but how do we engage the flow of things yes and then how, how can we put our imprint on the flow of things knowing that we can never change it you know but and, and and knowing that that the changes we make are influential but they're minimal yes you know? and so but they're but they're at the same time still important because i like um i, I like what laozu does he runs that tension between the not mattering but matters still you yes know? which is which Absolutely. is and i and I and I and I think like art definitely does that, you know, especially what you're doing, you know, I mean, the collage work and other pieces of work that you're working on right now. Like, what actually are you working on in the present moment? If you could tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I I greatly appreciate that question and also that reflection, too. You know, my so my art style um, is really rooted and grounded in like 
Afrofuturism, Black speculative worlds, you know, um, mm -hmm. really imagining and seeing uh, Black bodies in, um, in positions, in spaces of rest, meditation, um, also joy and imagination and things of that nature. Um, you know, I think that uh, this piece about not necessarily being able to change things, but then also imagining yourself, you know, seeing yourself in, in a different space, in a different world, right? Um, in a different time, whatever that might mean for you. Um, and so the work that I'm doing now is definitely embodying uh, just some of the pieces that, you know, you've seen and, you know, that I kind of had on exhibit for my um, artists in residence at the uh, Anchorage Museum. Um, so just continuing to build on those, uh, that series. Um, and so, yeah, like I'm, I'm working on a few pieces now for, so right now we are kind of checking in um, in May and June is uh, LGBTQIA plus, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Pride Month or whatever. Um, and I'm, you know, identify as queer. And so um, I'm working on a few pieces to uh, acknowledge, you know, a few Black queer lives that uh, were lost. Um, one more recently in the past three months, a trans activist uh, that was actually murdered in Evanston. Um, there's a piece that I'm working on from this nine-year-old baby uh, from Denver who, um, I don't know if I can say this, but um, he, he committed suicide a few uh -huh. years ago. Um, and so I, those are two of, I'm thinking about four in this series, but those are the two major ones that I'm working on just to acknowledge their lives, you know? Um, and again, that has like that spiritual kind of undertone, um, to not only highlight, you know, that their lives, you know, it wasn't in vain, um, that right. they, um, while, you know, I'm acknowledging them based on, you know, unfortunate circumstances, they have impacted my life. You know, I haven't forgotten um, and many people in the community haven't forgotten about them, about their spirit, about their work, you know, about just their life and their existence. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. That's probably yeah, I can't wait to see that, you know, and, you. and experience this series. You know, yeah, because it's something important about remembering, you know, and how yeah. art and our heart, how art helps us to remember, you know, especially even in, in light of Afrofuturism, because I mean, I and I want and I, I want to hear your definition of Afrofuturism, um, because everybody, because everybody has different definitions of it, but Absolutely. I would, but I do want to hear yours, but but like yeah, when I when I when I think about Afrofuturism, that's it's for me, it's always this connection to the future via the past mm -hmm. you know and and how can one reimagine oneself not even necessarily using colonial lenses you know and and this comes up a lot in the names of certain writers 
use. You know, I'm thinking right now of Octavia Butler. I'm also thinking of Asha Womack, um, other other uh, other other writers. I'm Krista Franklin, who also does this as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just dope. But, but what is your definition of Afrofuturism, and how do you use that definition to work toward the common good in your art and in your other parts of your life? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, predominantly many of the words that you use absolutely resonate and align, you know, with my definition of Afrofuturism. Um, I would say, you know, the piece that is probably a, maybe a little unique about my approach is um, it's usually centered in some aspect of, you know, um, imagining again, black bodies for the most part uh, in in rest, you know? Um, so there's like this wellness, this mental health, you know, mm -hmm. type of peace. And so when we think about, you know, the past and, and kind of that future energy, um, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, you know, for me, I don't see any, um, I don't think that those are different things. Like, I think all of those things are happening right now, you know, right. I, you know, um, and so uh, depicting black bodies um, in these positions where there is so much resistance to us being in that particular place. So meaning being in rest, being in meditation, you know, having joy. Um, you know, I see it a lot even in my uh in my yoga, in my yoga classes. And you know, right before we got on on this call, uh, I was in um a su support space for social workers. And you know, one of the things that uh one of those members was saying, you know, was I, I appreciate you, you know, for uh, just checking in with us and letting us know that it's okay if we're tired or, you know, it's okay if we don't, you know, um, uh, want to participate in this particular aspect of the work, you know, and what I heard in that was, again, kind of connecting that back to my yoga classes and students is, you know, that permission, right? So my Afrofuturism depicts permission. It depicts you know, um, uh, eliminating that resistance to uh, rest, to resistance to taking care of yourself, resistance to uh, slowing down, you know. Um, I think that heavily connects back to even me being in Alaska. So for me, there were no barriers to making the decision to come here because uh, my dad had been here, you know, his feet had been on this land already. And so I, I had the image of myself there already because he had already imagined that with me, right. you know, when I was growing up. And so my future self, my now self, you know, uh, I could see that. So my, my, my images depict these places that maybe we haven't seen ourselves before, um, allowing us to be there, allowing us to, once we're able to get there, mm -hmm. to accept it and not resist it. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. I hope that that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. It makes, okay. It, 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 okay. <laughs> like, okay. we're here. We're here. Okay. And, and I mean, I know our listeners caught it too. Like, yeah. I mean, and see, I like that way of framing 
future and framing rest, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes we do think of future as something that we've never seen before. But no, with your dad, you saw that. You you saw that and that and that and that and that, and that projection became you, you know. And, and that's that's powerful. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think it's a lot there. And even this notion of rest. Did you see that thing that Killer Mike did on that show, Trigger Warning he had where he where he created this church of rest and he basically said, Well, Christianity is no good for us. You know, we need to shut these churches down. We need to, and we need to actually create it. I, I, I don't know if you saw it, but no, no, I haven't had the opportunity. I don't think it's super dope. It's okay, it, okay. It, it is super dope, and he's and basically he creates a whole tradition around resting, and 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 you know, it's yeah, it's really cool the way he does it. So yeah, I think that's. I really love important. that. I love that. I'll definitely check it out. It it reminds me of um the nap ministry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, of course, while we're on this, um, while we're here together, I can't oh Hershey. I can't think of her first name though, but the I, but the Nat Bishop, basically. Yeah. Um, yes. you know, and her work. And you know, I know at one point, I don't know what her um where she is in her project, but I believe she was kind of, you know, doing doing that as well, you know, attempting to get uh, some type of church property, you know, because that's that's her whole um, her whole um, intention as well, especially for Black bodies. So that work is so important, you know, um, mm-hmm. especially now, like coming off of, um, and and not really because we're still in a pandemic, but. Um, yeah. You know, we see it. We see it so much where, again, just that um, that inability to rest, you know, and that's and a lot of that, you know, and I don't want to sound like um, like, oh, it's so easy. Right. Because a lot of that is absolutely like connected to and wrapped up in like capitalism and patriarchy, you know, um, yeah. and things of that nature. Um, and also um like that resistance when we are in the position to be able to take care of ourselves in a different way. It's very real. It's very uh, intergenerational. It is also, you know, in our genetic memory, right? Our internal scripts tell us, you know, when we're sitting and resting, like, oh, I could, I could also be doing this too. Like, no, you could also just relax and rest. Right. And so that, yeah, like undoing all of that, it's going to take yeah. some time. It's going to take some time. And so my images, um, you know, I'm a visual a visual processor, um, a bit of a visual learner, but more of a visual processor and, you know, uh, visual, I don't know, um, opportunities to see things help with my healing sometimes as opposed to maybe talking things through like sometimes it's easier for me to connect to my emotions when I'm able to see something visually first and so um I apply that again you know to um the art that I do um in hopes that you know us seeing ourselves there uh will allow us to not only create the reality where that is where that is real but then also again like not have that resistance not have those internal scripts uh not allow us to accept and be in those moments and receive when it is our reality Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that's really important because you know art as sort of 
not descriptive, but art is prescriptive. It allows us to really reimagine what we could be, you know? And, and I mean, I think, I think, yeah, you know, cause, cause it's so subtle the way it can be done. And I, and I think the way people like Octavia Butler do that is very subtle. Okay. Well, hmm. We're, we're chapter five and Shane said nothing about what this person's racial identity is. Yes, we chapter I mean. 10 ain't said nothing about what their sexual orientation is. Chapters chapter 15, you still don't know. So there are assumptions that you're that you're making that that, that don't work in the framework that she set up. Yes. And and I think that's what I that's that's what I saw even in because you know I read a lot of your articles and looked at a lot of your work. And I mean I see this dope critique of systems as they are, you know, mm. not only not only in your writings but in your artwork you know and that's like mm -hmm. super because there's there's one thing that stuck out to me on on your on your on your website when you were you were talking about how nonprofit organizations they basically shoot themselves in the foot by not caring about those who work for them you know so you reverse the total work you're doing and you're giving into systems that you claim to be against you know that's right and it's super and I, I love the way you said that wow I, you know, it it's really an interesting, you know, reflection. Um, and again, it goes back to that that piece about uh, capitalism. Um, so I recently was on a panel um, here in Alaska, um, and it was uh, a healing, you know, a healing panel made up of different local healers. And one of the things that I talked about was, you know, that capitalism is um, it's a tool to, you know, keep us on the hamster wheel, right? And so being on that hamster wheel, and again, like nonprofits are, are a facilitator of capitalism, this tool. Um, and so keeping us in this hamster wheel, it keeps us tired. It keeps us disconnected. And what happens when we're tired and we're disconnected? It's hard for us to advocate for ourselves. It's hard for us to see clearly about what our needs are. It's hard for us to voice our needs because we're tired or we're disconnected, right? Yeah. And so when we think about that in, um, in the context of nonprofit work, um, it, it is, it's the absolute opposite of our mission, our values, you know, our intentions. Um, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> bars, bars on bars on bars. Like, you know, you know, we're working for all these people who claim to be for the cause or for the cause mm -hmm. is you know and i and it's really interesting because um because i am coming off of a stint of being an adjunct professor teaching at mm -hmm. like a bunch of schools at one time and you know and you know and basically you you become a number in that you know yep. and and as you're saying after driving from here there driving to four or five schools to kind of make ends meet you don't have you don't have you don't have time to oppose anything you know, that's you know, right. And then you're back, as you said, you're back, you back, you're back to the car on the wheel because you can't get out. You know, you you just you just now you can, but it's easier said than done. Absolutely, so absolutely, done. absolutely. You know, and this uh, art for me, also, you know, just the healing work that not only you know I facilitate. Um, 
in the community, but also for myself, you know, those, those opportunities are, and to kind of go back to what you said about remembering, those opportunities are the tools to help us connect to help us nourish ourselves, right? Uh, those are the tools that help us to um, disrupt the impacts and the effects of capitalism, right? Because if we are engaged in ancestral spiritual work, reading, doing the things that bring us joy, it gives us a surge of energy. It gives us a surge of nourishment. And while we may not be able to shift out of certain aspects of our lives, you know, meaning like our, our jobs, our, you know, certain dynamics in our families and things like that, mm -hmm. it allows us to still be rooted in uh, some level of grounding. You know, mm -hmm. we're not just um, numb. You know, we're doing things from some level of awareness, some level of intention. And that is, you know, capitalism, patriarchy wants us to have no intentions. It wants us to have no awareness, you know. Um, and right. so, yeah, as long as we are able to do some things for ourselves, again, to help us to remember, um, so, again, some level of intention, some level of awareness is uh, it's good. It's good. You know, right. you're still you're still disrupting, you know, um, those pieces. Yeah, that's such a dope word. Disrupt. I love it. I love it. You know, yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's, you know, because dismantling sometime is something we need. We need we need we need we need to think about yes. but disrupting is a different thing disrupting is being the class clown a class clown doesn't destroy the educational system they just make it look silly you know and just yeah. and just put it on its head because okay we we're 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 in this system it doesn't look like we're going to be out of capitalism anytime soon but we can play with it and we can and we can as you as you as you're saying find oasis is within it you know like Anzaldúa says um gloria Anzaldúa says well the struggle begins in our minds first you know that's right just you know the the mind is what is what we can deal with you know and we can deal with a lot more but the mind is where it starts you know can these shifts happen in the mind you know and yeah i think absolutely. they can absolutely i i appreciate you you know for mentioning i'm mentioning octavia butler um you know she her work her body of work um, has been one, you know, that is close to my heart. I've, you know, gone to a few um, different uh, writing seminars that have centered her work and, you know, been heavily uh, um, just focused on Afrofuturism to a certain extent, but then just this um, Black sci-fi you know, kind of genre, which I really enjoy, you know, um, I love uh, Nadia Corfor, um, you know, I love um, N.K. Jemison. Mm -hmm. um, there is also another uh, Black speculative writer, Black queer woman that I really enjoy called Chris, her name is Crystal Smith, and um, she has uh, kind of this uh, Black queer fairy tale 
a book called Two Moons. That is my favorite, mm-hmm. um, you know, and um, some of my like artists faves are uh, folks like Carl Walker, Simone Lee, who's from Chicago, mm-hmm. um, Faith Ringgold, um, you know, so folks like that, um, just really connected to that work. And, you know, yeah, like the way I, I could, I could go on and on and on about Octavia Butler and her writing, but the places that her work her body of work transports me to. Um, my art is definitely rooted in just that. Again, uh, being in other worlds, you know, knowing that other versions of myself exist, and I can create a reality where one of those versions can like step in at any moment, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. powerful powerful yeah you know building your own world and going into it mm-hmm. and, and that is the most amazing thing and i and i think sometimes we don't think about the fact that we have the power to do that but we do you know we do it all the time absolutely you know, it's, it's yes it's, it's really it's really amazing it's really yes amazing. yes i think that that is such a it's a superpower you know it's such a superpower mm-hmm. um and you know uh, trauma, mm-hmm. oppression, you know, uh, these systems that we live in, again, just keep us so exhausted, keep us so disconnected from ourselves, from our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes energy, right, to be able to create a different reality for yourself. Um, but if you're able to, again, just do those small things for yourself when you can, over time and you know i i say these things just coming from experience you know from what i what i had to kind of navigate and do and continuing to do you know from some of the trauma that i've experienced in my past you know if you can create those small energetic like portals uh for yourself so meaning like spiritual work ancestral work storytelling cooking the food that you're you know that you grew up with you know those types of things if you can do those for yourself more and more and more you build up uh you build up the courage you build up the strength you build up that remembering that memory um and you can do it you can do it yeah i mean that's that's a powerful reflection that's that's Mm -hmm. that's a super powerful reflection yeah um you know i think cooking especially is one is is a is a is a is a one that people sometimes forget and i I like to cook myself so it's always it's always fun to do that but it's it reminds you of who you are especially when you're making the food of your people you know of where you come from like it's a super journey throughout the past into the future creating it in different ways, you know, and you're and I'm putting your spin on it, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, there's several ways to do that. There's several ways to create worlds, you know, um, yeah. what's, what's the core for text? And you know, the name of it, I'm sure. What's the core for text when, um, the main character is able to transform into like animals and then go back and forth, but is unaccepted by the community because of their, um, sexual orientation or not? No, 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 no. Because of the fact that they were born of rape. Which, which, which text is that? Do you? I 
if I'm thinking about what, which one you're talking about, maybe who fears death? Maybe, but maybe not. I think so. I think so. Okay. It's, it's yeah. It's who who fears death? Yes. Yes. Is that the one? I think so. Cause the one, okay. the one before, the one like um, before it is the one where the person is two years old and is in, in this in this in this setup to where they're grown and they're 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 basically grown, but they don't really understand the world as we do, and so they kind of and so one of their lovers kills themselves. I think that's the one before, right? I think so. I think okay. so. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> I mean, but just those those texts are just oh my god, what they make you think about and the worlds they put you in, you know. And it's like that's kind of what I call hip hop. To I call hip hop a next universe. Well, mm -hmm. I'm in this, especially the underground. Like I could be standing right next to you and being the underground, and you'd never know. That's and, right. And when you knew me, I was there. Like you know, I was right there, and like people thought I was some. Yeah, I'm. You could see him, but I'm in a different place. You know, and it's it's just. It's just phenomenal what what we can do and what you're showing us that we can do with our mm. creations, you know. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that goes along with, um, you know, being being in the world, not of the world, of the world, not in the world, you know, yes. um, and really just uh, keeping that like embodying your values you know even in the midst of chaos right you know um a lot of times well one of the like cornerstones to um yoga right is you know breath work and you know different um postures and positions and those uh different uh tools and interventions are to help us to center ourselves right uh in situations where we don't have any control, you know, there are things that happen every day, all day that we don't have any control over. And what we do have control over is ourselves, our bodies, our responses, and the ways that we will or won't allow certain things to impact us on a particular level. Um, and so, you know, when you mentioned, you know, uh, being underground and being there and and, and folks not being able to see you it, to me that's the same thing like that's what i hear um mm -hmm. yeah for sure for sure i mean especially in light in light of yoga's you know and and i like what you said on your on your website to where to where you know you are very intentional in taking yoga back to its place of origin as opposed to what capitalism has done and they've They've stripped it from that history, which, you know, as we as as we know, yoga is not about poses. Yoga is about enlightenment. You know, even yes. the word, even the word itself means that it doesn't mean these things. Now, 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 now these now those can help. But, you know, but yeah, a lot of a lot, a lot, a lot of times um, the, the mainstream marketing of yoga, especially in the U.S., has gotten us away from that. But, yeah, it, it really is about this centering. You know, and it's and breath is very important with that. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I think we do forget how, how you know, Mr. Miyagi always said in Karate Kid, don't forget to breathe. Like I that stuck with me. It stuck with me, especially when I started rhyming. Because if, yeah. if, you, if you can't breathe, you can't rhyme. That's you know? right. And, and if you can't breathe, you can't live. Yes. You know? Yeah. So it's really, it's really, really important. 
It's really important. Yeah, I, it's, it is, it is, you know, breath is life. And, you know, we, a lot of times, you know, that breath work piece is, is really critical uh, because, you know, in when we're experiencing trauma, oppression, you know, a lot of times that's the first thing that's impacted in our bodies is our ability to breathe. You know, we kind of hold, we hold it, you know, because we're, we're waiting for some type of impact, whether that be emotional, physical, financial, you know, whatever. Um, and so if you are able to breathe through it, it's not necessarily that it's going to change the thing that's out of your control. But again, it's, it's about being able to manage uh, your response, right? Manage how your body is uh, impacted to a certain extent, um, how much how much it absorbs, you know, how much you take on um, mm-hmm. in your cellular memory and things like that. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I completely agree, you know, that yoga is not just uh, about posture. It's not just this kind of fitness aspect that you see a lot of the times in many, you know, kind of mainstream yoga mm-hmm. uh, kind of spaces, but it is this embodiment around the va- their values, you know, to the yogic tradition. And, you know, how are you, yeah, how are you integrating those things? Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, it's, 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 it's all of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all of that. Yeah, you can't just, you know, well, you could do what you want to do, but 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 the tradition is based on all of, you know, the mind and body as not, again, not this, this and that, but this is that, you know, yeah. you know once once enlightenment is attained, you ain't going to see no difference between the mind and the body. There That's is right. there is this. I don't even know if unity is the right word. There is this mm-hmm. there is this thing that even transcends that. There's this flow, you know, that, 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 that causes us to not even notice distinctions, you know, and, and that is really, really important. And sometimes we, we, we do for, we do, we do forget about it. And I, and I thank you for bringing us back to that, that this is really what's important, you know, mm-hmm. it's really, really cool stuff. I have okay. one question. Um, yeah. Tell me what a day in the creation lab looks like for you when you're when you're working on collages what does that look like for you yeah yeah so usually what that looks like is um my day overall usually starts with uh i do bed yoga in the morning so when i get up you know there is some type of uh yoga flow in the bed um i pray um and then i'll get up and if if it's a good morning i will uh go for a walk somewhere um and a lot of times that is to you know center and ground but then also you know just um connect around inspiration for the day Mm -hmm. um i you know, Anchorage is really similar. It's similar to Denver a lot related to just the landscapes, you know, with the mountain and every mountains, you know. Um, but I, I, there's something uh, 
um, different about it as well, you know, something special to me. So, you know, I, I find myself cloud gazing a lot more here, you know? Um, and so, yeah, like, I feel like I get inspiration a lot of the times for work from, uh, whatever happens with that connection with the clouds, um, you know, even just the birds here are beautiful, beautiful, just these beautiful teals and really pretty greens and reds, very wow. deep, you know, saturated colors. Um, and so, you know, just being in nature and seeing those things, you know, um, helps a lot of the time. Um, and so, yeah, I, once I do something like that, you know, I'll come home and, um, I, I do digital collage. And so a lot of my work is, uh, either on my laptop or, um, on a tablet and I'm, I'm gonna, make the I won't say the switch but I'm going to make the addition to getting get an Apple product soon um, okay. so that I can yeah so that I can I'm like a, I'm on one yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I there's a program that I really want to use um and it's you can only use it on an iPad so I I really want to use that um so I'm going to make the addition to for that but for the most part I'm on you know my laptop and um, I'll open up uh, uh, this, I'll either open up um, Adobe and um, I'll play around with uh, just different photos, images, you know, from um, magazine clippings that I've scanned in. Um, and then I will, you know, uh, a lot of the times manipulate those images with landscape photos or um, just different, like I'll use pictures of fruit, um, you know, I'll use vegetables, I'll use, um, I love, I really enjoy like astrology and um, information about like the planets and stuff like that. So I'll use a lot of space images as well. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and just play around with like transparency position, um, the flow of, you know, what the images kind of look like together, the saturation of them. Um, mm -hmm. Many of my images as well are, uh, you know, they have like different, I'll play with like skin tone color and things like that. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'll sit with that for a little while and you know, it takes me, it doesn't take me uh, a long time to be satisfied with things. Um, usually takes, you know, a few weeks, you know, because I'll do it in a few different, I'll take one image right. and kind of play around with it in different iterations. Um, yeah, I think, does that answer your question? <laughs> Dope. Okay. Yeah, I mean... It gave me a super dope picture of how, how you make it work. Like, 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 no, no, that is so. And like, I like the way you start, you know, just in the morning and just really, really being around good inspiration, you know, and, mm -hmm. I, and see, I've, I've, I've never been to Alaska. Now I want to go, you know, like, like it was, I, I want to go before, but now I really want to go after, 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 yeah. after hearing your descriptions of it. Like, it just, just sound like a really, really great place to just think and just, and just, and just, and just, and just be inspired to do. 
because I, I can imagine after you've seen all that, you probably just, it probably just comes right out, you know, after you've done that. Yeah, yeah. I, it's definitely a place that you should visit for sure. Um, at least once in a lifetime, you know, um, I, I feel like uh, there's such natural beauty here. You know, there are over 200 indigenous tribes here in Alaska, you know, and so learning about the different cultures, the languages, the foods, um, their art, jewelry making, you know, uh, their subsistence fishing and hunting and gathering and foraging, um, you know, just even all of that, you know, learning more about that. Um, it's been, it's been really, really grounding. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. More reason to go. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, a lot of times, you know, folks, um, folks think that, you know, this isn't the United States because um, it's so far, you know, um, but it is a place. It's definitely a place to come and see, you know, like I said, if if definitely once in a lifetime, like this is a place to come and see and experience, you know, um, very diverse. A lot of folks from a lot of different places, you know, um, very uh, heavy with um uh, the Polynesian population, you know, some so folks from you know um, America Samoa, um, you know, um, a huge uh, kind of Asian population, and you know, a variety related to um, the Asian umbrella. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, I'm not like I, I also don't want to romanticize it right in the sense of, you know, colonization is actively happening, you right. know, the struggles, the sacrifices, the challenges that indigenous folks um, continue to make on this land, even present day is um, I, I don't even have the word for it. Right. Um, and also still a very beautiful place, you know, especially if you're someone who um, enjoys nature or, you know, is open to like different, um, you know, nature experiences, you know, it's, it's wonderful. Right, right. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. It seems like it, you know, it's, it really, it really seems like it. So listeners, Let's go to Alaska. Let's let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. Let's shake it up here, please. Uh -huh. <laughs> let's yes. do it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> like, what are um the summers like there? Oh yeah. That's a really good question. So that that has definitely like adjusting to um the climate and just the environment here is very much connected to my mental health and wellness kind of regimen. Okay. Um, but so summers are relatively short here. So summers are usually about six weeks, sometimes eight weeks. Wow. And um, we have 21 hours of sunlight. So um, that usually 
really starts to set in um, around June. So like right now it's May and the sun will start to go down for real about 11 o'clock right now. Um, but then when we get into like 21 hours of sunlight, it'll be twilight. Like it does, the sun doesn't completely go down. Um, it'll be like twilighty until maybe like one, two o'clock in the morning. And then it'll start all over again. Wow. Um, it doesn't get really um, like hot here. Um, it doesn't usually, we don't have too many days that are consistently over like 75 degrees, specifically here in Anchorage. Now, okay. like other places like Fairbanks, Juneau, the climate, like the temperature is a little different in the summertime, but for the most part, Anchorage doesn't get, um, doesn't usually get over 75. Okay. Um, what else about summers? Very beautiful. Um, this is the time of the year where indigenous folks, local folks are subsistence fishing. So um, the work environment here slows down tremendously because folks are fishing um, for the winter time. Um, so, yeah, so it's part of the culture where it's, you know, it's just kind of understood that folks are taking their time to um, fish and everything because and that's something else that um is kind of a misconception about here because we predominantly get a lot of things imported it's expensive here um you know and fishing and that whole um way of of um like that kind of area is uh i don't know what the right word is but um there's an industry around it. So, you know, there are a lot of barriers mm -hmm. to fishing here. Um, so seafood is relatively expensive, which is why subsistence farming is a continued practice and why, you know, a part of the culture is for work to kind of slow down, you know, because folks understand or have an understanding about how expensive it can be. Um, in addition to, you know, just in the winter time, you know, you can't fish. Right. Um, right. so yeah, that's, that's usually the vibe. Um, lots of festivals, uh, farmers markets. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. That is really amazing. That's really amazing. Yeah. I certainly have to make my trip over there. And, yeah. And, come, come. And check it out. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Well, this has been super dope, Sequoia. Thank you so much for joining us on, oh my gosh. on, on all things cosmic. You have, you have certainly enlightened us with so many things, but just your, your person, um, your work and your futurism, like this is amazing. Very much so. Very much. It's been my pleasure. It has been my pleasure. You know, we, we grew up at, you know, a really pivotal kind of point um, just in childhood and teenage, you know, times. And so, you know, we were kind of chatting about this a little bit at the beginning and, you know, before we started, um, it has been my pleasure to, you know, continue to be in community with you. Um, and yeah, and to be able to support your work and I, I greatly appreciate this opportunity. 
Thank you so much. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you so much. It's right. It's, 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 it's right back at you. You know, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to support what you're doing. You know, this is man, you know, Hey, we from, we, we, we from back in the day, we got to keep, keep it going. You know, yes. I didn't yes. have to keep it going. So I'm certainly, certainly glad I met you, you know, and we gonna, we gonna stay in community. You know, I would love that. I would love that. Most definitely. Most definitely. Tell everybody before we get out of here, tell everybody where they can find you. If you, if you, if you so desire, you don't want to be found. I get that too. But if you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, I have a website um, where you can, you know, sign up for my newsletter. And so my website is sequoiahays.com. Um, and that's S-E-Q-U-O-Y-A, Hayes is an Isaac Hayes.com. Um, I'm on Facebook under my business name, Red Linen Moon Wellness and Consulting. I'm on Instagram as RL Moon Wellness. Um, I'm on YouTube as Red Linen Moon Wellness and Consulting. Uh, TikTok as Queer Intuition. Um, I also have a podcast with a friend of mine um, where we talk about the intersections of spirituality and social work. And so that is Reclaiming Soul Work. And that's uh, we're on YouTube and on Spotify. Um, Yeah, I think that's all the things. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's all the things. I, you know, I, I, maybe the last thing that I'll say, you know, if folks want to check out more of my work, um, we talked a little bit about, you know, me being an artist in residence with the Anchorage Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you want to check out their blog, I have a few blog spots and then on their um on their Instagram at Anchorage Museum, you can find, you know, uh, the progress uh, that I had during that artist in residence. So. Yeah, that's it. Super dope. <laughs> <laughs> that will keep the people busy. Like, yeah. like, like in some good ways. Like <laughs> Yes. Yes. That's Thank super, you, God. That's super dope. Thank you, Sequoia. It's certainly a pleasure. Certainly a pleasure. And we'll be in contact. Well, there you have it. Sequoia Hayes, the multi-talented, multi-dimensional social worker, yoga instructor, community organizer, and practitioner of Afrofuturist and other types of art. Very, very cool stuff. Thank you so much for blessing us with your work. Make sure you check out Sequoia um, on her website, sequoiahays.com, which leads you to the other things she talked about, such as her podcast, her other writings, and the work she's engaging in at the Anchorage Museum. So make sure you jump on that. Don't sleep. (laughs) Well, um, before we get out of here, um, quick announcement. I am doing a release party for an edited volume that Whitman Stock released of a, co- a collection of my students' works called Toward Afro-Diasporic and Afrofuturist Philosophies of Religion. And that release party will be at the Little Gallery in San Bernardino. And the Little Gallery is at... I forgot the address, but that's why I have a phone so I could look at it. Give me one second. Hold on just a minute, just a minute. And I will tell you the address. 459 West 4th Street, Suite 12 in San Bernardino, 
on the 18th from 7 to 11 p.m. with performances by the word man of Echoes of Oratory Music, Crop Circle 720, my crew, Zane One of the Tunnel Rats, Crystal Radio, which is myself, and Phantom Threat, the two serious cartoons dudes, and Zen Soul, hosted by Sandria Wrights and other vendors to be announced. So make sure you come on there and come out and come on out and check it out. Um, and this is also the release party for our new clothing line, Aesthetic Religion, which is a one-off shirt, t-shirt, and vinyl and cassette enterprise where we collaborate with artists on collector's item projects. So the first collector's item project we did was a limited edition shirt of the cover of Toward Afro Diaspora and Afro Futurist Philosophies of Religion designed by Delilah Zina Zalgado. And we also have aesthetic religion hats. So those are the two items that we're starting off with. And we have some other collaborations in the works, limited edition collaborations that we'll tell you about as things roll out. But this will be the grand opening of aesthetic religion as well as the book release for Toward Afro Diaspora and Afro Futurist Philosophies of Religion. It's a mouthful. <laughs> so we look forward to seeing you on 618 um, from 7 to 11 at the Little Gallery, 459 West 4th Street, Suite 12, San Bernardino. Um, and that's about it for now. On the next episode of All Things Cosmic, we will be talking to the one and only Gia Johnson, who is the founder of the program Solidary Building Initiative for Liberative Carceral Education at McCormick Theological Seminary. Um, Gia is a writer, a scholar, and a practitioner of justice for the common good. And we'll hear more about how she does that work. So stay tuned for that. You don't want to miss that. With that being said, um, this is John Ivan Gill, cross-community coordinator at the Center for Process Studies, signing off. I'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you once again for listening to All Things Cosmic, Philosophy, Science, Art, brought to you by the Center for Process Studies, a relational worldview for the common good. I am John Ivan Gill, and on behalf of Andrew Davis, we'll see you next time. Theme music by The Extreme on Instagram. D-Extreme, D-X-T-R-E-M-E, underscore, B-E-A-T-Z.